The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. The revolution will be televised. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. Only if just to piss Meltzer and uh, Jericho off, really. I am the big man, John Mack, and I'm joined as always by a man who models his look after the stalker Barry Windham, complete with joke shop sash, and has the wardrobe of the executioner, complete with full gift mask. It is the medium-sized man, me, Mark Crowther. How are you doing, mate? I'm not sure if I, uh, not sure if I wanted everyone to know about that. <laughs> I'm all right, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right. I mean, I thought I thought everyone knew about that. You you, you flaunt it so uh, publicly on Instagram and OnlyFans and OnlyFans. Only Tashes. That's his new one. No, no, I'm o- good. O- only Gimps. <laughs> It's a rare, rare community, but you know we get we we do we get on. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I think some of the uh, observer readers are topping that only <laughs> only gimps list. <laughs> oh dear, I've had a good week, mate. Yeah, it's been all right. Had a nice uh, nice night at Old Trafford the other night. Nice three 0 win. Belted even Chungberto yeah. scored. I know, lovely goal as well. So, um, yeah, it's been a good one. Uh, back to work today, though, which was a bit of a downer, but, you know, back to reality, I suppose. I had a, I had a migraine yesterday. That was uh, fucking horrific. <laughs> back to full fitness today, though. Back to full fitness, yeah. I'm clearly not full fitness. But <laughs> Did you have I, a late fitness can, test? <laughs> yeah, you can get me at 85% today, guys. <laughs> So, it is our first show of the year, even though technically it's the first show we're recording of the year, but you, you had our last show on New Year's Day, so technically that's our second show of the year, but I'm, I'm yeah. rambling. So, that means it is the very first edition of that fan-voted-for mega Hall of Fame, the Cretin Hall of Fame. So, we get to announce it. Da, 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 da. You had four nominees, guys, on Twitter. Our good friend Tony Khan, the uh, inaugural cretin of the year. (laughs) I swear to God, Mayor Quimby Vince Russo, (laughs) the ubiquitous Ocho Chris Jericho, Ocho, (laughs) and the perennial talker of shite and stars, Mr. Davy Meltzer. It was quite so close, the, wasn't it? It was quite close, but the votes are well. It, it actually turned out to we had to, we had a head and shoulders winner. Really? It was neck and neck for a while, but yeah. it it came out like this in fourth place with zero percent of the votes. <laughs> Tony Khan. Oh, Tony got away with that. <laughs> like we said last time out, it was what he did. He did the most cretinous thing of the year. But yeah. he isn't the biggest cretin of the year. He's not Hall of Fame he, worthy just yet. Not yet. In third place with eleven percent of the votes, <laughs> good old Vince C. Russo. 
Again, if he'd have, I, if he'd have piped up a bit more, he could have easily won it. <laughs> yeah, next uh, next next year, this year, sorry, Vince. Uh, volume, volume is the way to go. <laughs> He's desperate to get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> he is just just get not the, in one. the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Loves it. In second place with thirty three percent of the vote, only thirty three percent stars. I'm afraid, David. It's wow. Dave Meltzer. Wow. Wow. I thought he was a shoe-in, to be fair. I did. I did. I did. But, I mean, it could go, it could have gone either way between these two for me. <laughs> but in first place, and the very first inductee into the look at the adjective, Cretin Hall of Fame, with over half the votes, 56% of the votes. Wow. It's that man, Chris Jericho. Come on, baby! <laughs> I mean, to be fair... You can't argue with it, can you? Really? Not in the, not in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have been happy either way if it was him or Meltzer, but Jericho, he, he's had a year of just non-stop credibility, hasn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, this is this is deserving. This is yeah, 100%. unbelievably deserving. This is more deserving than any of his stars. <laughs> what, those ones that he's paying Meltzer for? Clearly, because <laughs> it means everything, obviously. Yeah, apparently so, so. For, for your Carlton Cole episode, your <laughs> appearance on the True Geordie, your wrestling should be in the Olympics, your general demeanour every Wednesday night. Your Trump loving. Your Trump loving, your Sebastian back sing-alongs. Your shit, out, rock, your shit rock band. Shit rock band. <laughs> Playing at Sturgis and about to 250,000 people mid COVID. I know that was the other year, but still, cretinous. It's just, it's a non stop merry go round of moronity from yeah. Mr. Chris Jericho. And long mates continue. <laughs> We're not sure if he's going to be eligible. We'll, we'll discuss this that. at a later date. Yeah, it's, this, is, this is a hot button topic that we need to. Thing really... is, the thing is that other people in other Hall of Fames, you've got like flares in it twice for what, for Horseman and Flair. So, Jericho Appreciation Society. <laughs> very, very well could be because them two tits. <laughs> and the world's most bland tennis player, Jake Hager. I like this hat. <laughs> <laughs> and what's his, what's his little two gimps called? Yes, Bosch. Oh, uh, Daddy Magic or something. Magic fa- <laughs> the Magic Father. Oh, daddy! Switchblade, <laughs> switchblade, hair combing, cretin, the other one. Yeah, it's he, he could he could pop up again. Just uh, we'll just have to uh, work out the rules for him. <laughs> right, so we've done the Hall of Fame, guys. That is once a year, as all are. But obviously, we've still got cretin of the week to do. There's been a bit, not much, but a yeah. new year, new cretins. Have you got one for me, Marcos? Yeah, I've just got the one this week. Um... Well, it sort of it sort of involves Meltzer, but I'm 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 coining it more towards Alvarez because I think he deserves a bit of fucking hatred for once. He never seems to get it. So them two have been having this cocky little chat on the Wrestling Observer newsletter and all this on the, the podcast. Cocky little chat. <laughs> they sat there on about the how Dax podcast and they're going, "Well, oh, I'm not sure uh... if that if not sure if that went down too well there." And all this, and it's like, oh, I know a few sources. It's like, well, I wonder who they are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder who it didn't go down too well with. Mm. <laughs> and to be brutally honest, I've listened to the first episode. Dax says a lot, 
but he doesn't say. You know, he says a lot without saying much, really. Yeah, I agree. He, yeah, no, I agree. He, he insinuates a few things, but in in the in the most part of it, he's pretty mate, largely positive about AW and and a lot of people there. And I think the one big thing from it that he sort of, he just he just wanted everyone to get along, and ple- he sort of pleaded that he wanted, you know, let bygones be bygones and and let it let it move on and try and make a bit of money. And these two are just sat there cocky going on about it. And they're sort of, they're sort of, you could tell they haven't really listened to the podcast because they're just sort of going off what's, what they're hearing and stuff. Yeah. And then Dax is, you know, his, his sort of podcast account. I don't know if it's him. It probably is him, to be fair. Um, or it's that Matt Coon fella. But there's, he, Dax came back. He said, I love being talked about, but it would be nice if these fellas listened to the podcast before forming any views, which is fair enough. And then Alvarez has come back. This, you can just imagine him saying this. He went, the absolute irony. If you'd actually listened to what I actually said on multiple shows about you and this situation, you'd never have tweeted this. I don't, I've never heard him say anything about Dax or any, you know what I mean? Like, what's he? No. I just think he's a dick. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he's he, he seems to get away with it a lot. He comes out with just as much shit as Meltzer. But he's yeah, just he never as he's never as you never see him as much. He just sort of he's in the background of it, isn't he? Um, yeah, it's because he don't give the stars out. That's what <laughs> I think. That's probably an, another part of it. But he's a he's a to quote one of his favourite words. He's a fucking geek. He really is. He's a, <laughs> he really is. He's an absolute geek. Um, he's, he's, he's like a Weasley little sidekick, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. It's like fucking. It's like Richard Hammond. Yeah. Do you know what? That's a great comparison. <laughs> he started growing his hair out as well, didn't he? Um, was it? Yeah, but I think I, I think to be fair, it's one of them where it's just like it, them two are so out, they're so blase and they're so like they think they're fucking the big big dick. Do you know what I mean? Just replying stuff like yeah. that. It's like who are you? You're nobody. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're an absolute nobody. You little scrawny little wrestler. And I've got a I've got a sort of hero of the week as well. Um, oh, <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Uh, Lance Storm had a bit of um, he, he had a bit about um, what was it? I'm trying to find it. Let me just find it. Bear with me. Let me pause for a second. <laughs> While you're looking, I will just a slight bit of cretinity. He's he's not gone full tear. I just <laughs> find it amusing. It's a tweet from Vince Russo. <laughs> he says, "So four guys are going to stage a hostile takeover, unarmed, with 25 guys sitting in the locker room." You have absolute morons right in this show. See you in 40 minutes. I'm assuming he's, he's saying AEW. But do you know when you say a hostile takeover, how would you spell that, Mark? Hostile. H-O-S-T-I-L-E, isn't it? Hostile. Not if you're Vince Russo. It's a hostile takeover. <laughs> are they taking H-O- over a small hotel? <laughs> yes, they are. H-O-S-T-E-L. What a prick. Hostile. That's how he's saying it, isn't he? Hostile takeover. <laughs> yeah. And then... Another tweet from the brand oh, God. says uh, she's got a picture of old Glenn, Glenn Gilberti on it. His mate. The tweet is Disco discovers, dis- sorry, Disco discusses his UFO footage. What exactly was it? <laughs> <laughs> new, ta- new time out with the real Disco and at the Vince Russo. Fuck me, is this what it's come to? You're putting out UFO <laughs> fucking conspiracy theories. You're worse than Danny Dyer. <laughs> <Danny Tyre. laughs> he might go back to making them now. He's 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 been booted out of EastEnders. <laughs> That's what I just want Disco to turn up doing Danny Dyer. Obviously, Vince, I was just fucking smashed out of my tray. 
I've woke up, I'm none the wiser. <laughs> you fucking mug. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Glenn Gilbert, he's away days or whatever he was he used to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Spuff all... Spuff your, your wage over uh, pop idols in your in your loveless marriage, or, or do you want Tottenham away? Love it, La- love it. <laughs> so you've got uh, you've got Russo. Is there, is there anyone else you've got for us? I certainly have. This yeah. is this is quite a hot hot topic. Hot it's, topic. It's a, it, hot topic. <laughs> John's deep bath. Right. So we've got three cretins. Yeah. All conjoined. Okay. One of them is the illustrious cretin of the year. <laughs> the first one is the former Mrs. Kurt Angle, the current Mrs. Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, I and saw that. The second, the third one, the last one is uh, Jeff Jarrett, old Slapnuts <laughs> himself. So Max Ma- Max Caster, bless him, right, has done a rap, and it was a proper rap. It went to the ring. It was actually like a produced rap, and it was pretty fucking good. Yeah. Now, in it, he says something about stealing Kurt Angle's wife. Yeah, which obviously, if you know that backstory, you know you know what the crack is. Basically, Kurt, Kurt said he wasn't in, he, he wasn't great a great human at the time. He had a lot of issues, and you know he doesn't blame her. Yeah. I don't think, but she's come out kicking off, not at Max Caster, but not at Kurt. AEW, but at fucking Kurt Angle saying, "Oh, I've got twenty five years worth of dirt to fucking throw at him," alluding to that he slept with Dor Marie and Kelly Kelly in the WWF. You know, and it's like, and it's like, dude, fucking hell, he's he's not said word one. This lad, (laughs) Angle, and and you're trying to fucking shit up. Plus, two other people's lives who might be married or might have had boyfriend. Anyway, regardless, but cretin, cretinous for her to do that. So, if you've got issue with it, go and see maybe you know Tony Khan who put that out without checking with Jeff Jarrett first, or if he did check it with Jeff Jarrett first, Jeff Jarrett's a cretin for saying, yeah, go for it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I know. I don't don't come out of fucking the Olympic hero. Is that not? I hope, it, I hope it's not a way of bringing her on TV as well. She fucking horrid. Oh, her. I know she was useless. She was part of that Ric Flair's last match bollocks, wasn't she? Yeah, she's fucking crap. Fucking stomping him in the fucking <laughs> car park. <laughs> yeah, it was weird Jesus. that one. <laughs> yeah, it was proper weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just. To be fair, Jarrett is just—he seems like he's not worth the trouble, really. I think he always seems to be involved in something, doesn't he? He is a bit of a shit disturber, Jarrett. Yeah. And and do you know what? He's not talented enough to put up with it. No, it's not. It's not like a say say a, a Hogan who, who to be—he's a bit—he's a cock, but a fuck, he draws money, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? Well, um, he did, yeah, yeah. Well, not now, but you know, back in the day. Um, whereas Jarrett, he's not fucking drawing a dime, has he? You know what? What's that broke saying? A million, broke a million guitars, didn't draw a dime. That's, <laughs> That's the one. It. But yeah, I saw that on Twitter. And I just thought she she looked like a right fucking bitter hoe. Bitter <laughs> hoe. <laughs> a bitter hoe. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just, she just looked dead. Fucking hell. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just looked dead bitter, and I just thought it was just like. It's not like Angle sat there on his podcast or something absolutely rinsing you. It's no. some random kid on the AEW, isn't it? It's just like... Yeah. And then uh, that Kelly Kelly as well, she was like, I don't know what you're on about. I've never had anything to do with Angle. 
So she's talking out of her ass, obviously. Your yeah. hero. My hero, yeah. It, to be fair, it's very, very small. It's just it just popped the hell out of me on Twitter the other day. It's from our our good friend Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So uh, Landstorm put out a little tweet, and he said something along the lines of, "He was like, if D, if me and D Malenko had a child somehow, a, a, you know, you could make a mixture of us. He'd be as good of a wrestler as Brian Danielson." And then he said, "I'd oh, have to, I'd, it, yeah. I'd, I'd have to have a kid with the Miz to produce the MJF at, at the MJF." <laughs> And Maxwell, uh, old Maxwell Jacob Freeman just popped back saying, you have to have sex to have a kid, Lance. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, I generally just absolutely creased reading it. So I just had to get that in there, I think. I don't, I don't mind a bit of Lance Storm, but he's he's just been rented. He's been totally mugged off, hasn't he? (laughs) Oh, I just thought it was um, just hilarious. It's what you expect, though, from old Maxwell. Yeah, he's just top tier, isn't he? <laughs> Does not disappoint. Never. But credit of the week, who are we going for? It's tough, actually. I think it could be the whole sort of Jarrett situation. I think that I mean, that, that was sort of one of the most talked about things, wasn't it, throughout yeah. the week? I think, I don't know who you would give it to necessarily, or potentially all three of them in the... I think all three of them because so Tony Khan should have gone and okayed it. And if he has okayed it, then Jarrett's cretinous because Jarrett's clearly not read the room right with his missus. Yeah. And she shouldn't be going on at Kurt, fuck's sake. I know, yeah. It's, it's just like, it just feels a bit unnecessary, doesn't it? It's like digging up dirt from, what, 10, 15 years ago? It's just... Yeah. Do you think she's just fed up of getting pelters and everyone said, oh, you... You know, you fuck Kurt Angle over because he was like a hero to everybody. But everyone Maybe. everyone knows his well-documented issues of the past. you know what I mean? Yeah, he's, like... he's had all sorts of troubles, didn't he? Drugs and alcohol. And, yeah. And he's turned the corner and he seems genuinely happy. I think he's settled down with a new partner. He's got he's got kids with that partner, I think. Younger kids now. So he's just, yeah. enjo- he's just enjoying his retirement, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems a bit... Seems like it just didn't need to be done, really, did it? No, could have just left. Could have just left it off social media. Uh, yeah, I think that whole situation deserves the credit of, credit of the week. Yep, and again, more cretinity going forward. He's back. It's New <laughs> Year edition. Ric Flair. Woo! Watch. Woo! Woo! Okay, so the Queen is back and better than ever. Woo! <laughs> not for, not forty eight hours later, some pictures get leaked of nudie nudes. <laughs> Mandy Rose got binned off for that, didn't she? Yeah, but there's a world. I mean, I I didn't agree with that in the first place anyway. But there's a world of difference between you know doing nudes for money and yeah. someone robbing your shit, basically. Yeah, true. It's a good point. <laughs> she's clearly she's clearly just done it for old Andrade. You know, yeah. A bit of a yeah. Have a bit of that where you sat there, sat there with Tony <laughs> in your sort of Abe Knuckleball Schwartz outfit with a gimp mask on. <laughs> I mean, she's not my type. I like a, a bit more foam Meat rubber, as they say. Meat <laughs> on the bone. I don't, I don't like uh, enhanced chests. Personally, <laughs> she was first in line when they were handed out chests. <laughs> <laughs> For her husband, she can do what she bleeding wants. <laughs> but yeah, so that kind of went a bit south, old Flair's tweet. Because 
there was controversy. Controversy, <laughs> as they say. But a lot of Rick this week is, is he must be on holiday because it's been a quiet one. A lot's about his uh, documentary that came out on Boxing Day. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Not seen that yet. I, I downloaded it the other day, not watched it. Kind of. Don't want to, in a way. Don't, don't want to and do want to and just you want to watch the car crash and him rabbit it on. But he put out a, a little video and he's taking absolute glee in this video because this is this is how cool Ric Flair is to all the new kids. He he put out a tweet that just says, my form of moderation, woo. And it's a video of him saying, once he's worked out, he's got nothing to do. And he's just sat there waiting for 5pm because that's the time he's oh, given himself. Yeah. yeah. And then he has f- fucking Michelob Ultra 7 beers, uh, vodka, Specifically, kettle one vodka, cranberry, soda, and lime until eight o'clock, and then eight to ten, red wine and nothing more than bed. So basically, for five hours solid, he just throws it down his neck, just absolutely batters it. You know, renowned alcoholic Ric Flair <laughs> still at it. He's still at it. I mean, you when you're listening to him talk, it's like he sounds well, fucked. Are you sure he stopped drinking? Like, do you stop? <laughs> do you stop at ten, or do you have it like mainlined into you when you fucking threw an IV? He's got, he's got a drip, hasn't he? <laughs> a Ric Flair drip. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm here all week trying to fish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just—he's a sad sack of a man, isn't he? Now he really is. It's just like. Once, once, so such a cool man, it's just he's embarrassing, really. That stuff last week with the JR thing just came across as a bitter cunt, and yeah. and now he's just oh, he sounds like such a sleaze ball every time. I'm hoping it picks up the old Ric Flair stuff because the last couple of weeks <laughs> it's not been it's not been funny. No, it's been very. Dark, damp and dark, dark and, and so dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw that clip as well where he's going on about a drink. It's just like, is he is he bragging here or what? Is, what what's the aim with this? Is he trying to admit he's got a problem? Because that'd be good if he is, but I doubt it. Well, he tried to do admit he had a problem on the ESPN one. He didn't like that. Didn't uh, like that one. <laughs> yeah, he complained, didn't he? he? Put him in a bad light. You're a bad bloke, Rick. <laughs> let's, let's yeah, that's, it right. that's how it comes across, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, um, speaking of Rick, though, he was he was back this week, wasn't he? He certainly was. As we go to Florence, South Carolina, Monday Nitro, the 18th of November, 1996. Wait a minute! Not again. What's the problem here? Not again with this. Nice to see you dressed up this week, Larry. Come on, come on with this. Hey, I don't see you laughing today, huh? I'm a funny guy, huh? Well, that was so funny last week, right? Well, funny like a clown, right? Were you laughing at me? Ain't so funny tonight, am I? See, we can put this on anytime we want. I can be real funny. I can be deadly. So can this man. Hey, let me ask you a question. You got the bad neck, right? You want to pick up your kids? Huh? 
You want to step in here? Hey, you're the one that laughed at them. I, they know what I think of them. I'm not talking about a triangle match, right? Well, there's two of the combatants laying out right now. You know, you know what I want to know is I've been hearing my whole career how scary the faces of fear are. They say, everybody says that Ming and the Barbarian are the two toughest guys in the business. Will you tell those two Islanders, come on out here and we'll slap that coconut breath out of you. Tell them to come on down. You can't have a pay-per-view in WCW without inviting the N.W.O. Yeah, go ahead. This is how they function, they're cowards. Sportsman, sportsman, baby. Hey, we know, we know those faces of fear are here. So if they won't come to us, we'll go to them. They're a bunch of cowards. They're DiBiase's paid thugs. We apparently are on the air. And right, Marcos. So it started with no fucking intro. Unusual start, wasn't it? Very, Very unusual start. But a pleasant it surprise. Sh- it was. It was literally just a shot of Hall and Nash with chair in hand and five laying people waste. laid out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was the nasties, low voltage, and uh, <laughs> the human cyclops, Cyclope. <laughs> why well, uh, that was a dark match wasn't it as well like they sort of announced it as well which is so that so they, they've battered them boys and they've left them got, laying got fucking heat though give them that oh big time and they come they come to the the little commentary table the little mini one that uh, larry and tony get and they're just yeah, why do they get that they get the shit one yeah <laughs> whenever it comes in he gets the big you know the big booth and all this and yeah. Um, so they, they grab a mic and Nash Nash has got right like vicious streak to him on the in this first bit. I thought it was really good from him. Um, he goes he goes full on Joe fucking Pesci from Goodfellas, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. My like clown, way up you. He's like first of all, he goes, "Oh, nice to see you dressed up this week, Larry." Nice little <laughs> yeah, uh, little continuation of that joke from last week. <laughs> And he's like, uh, he's, he's he's like right in the face of Shivani. He's like, you're not laughing tonight, are you? You know. And he said, um, if you want to get home to your kids tonight, you need to you need to shut your mouth and all this. And it's, I thought it was fucking good. I think I mean, Hall grabbed the mic after that, and he was like, oh, you know, everyone says the face of fear is so tough. You know, the tough guys, all this, they are pretty tough, mate. <laughs> There's no tougher. <laughs> but I thought I thought it was really. I thought it was really good, really good start to the show. It, it felt like there was a, a bit more momentum in in the NWO yeah. or something like that because it felt dead flat on it for about a month or so. Completely um, agree. And then they sort of go to the back. It's the camera follows them. Then they get met in the middle by Faces of Fear and a, quite a nice brawl in the, in the backstage. And it's you know proper giving it to them as well. They're laying in shots and stuff like that. And oh yeah, I thought it was Must a fun. Pins. 
thought it was a fantastic way to start the show, to be honest. And it sort of, yeah, I did you too. Know, it just sort of went away from that formulaic, right? Let's go to Larry and Tony, you know, and, and it sort of it added something different. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, it was create, creative, it was threatening, it was aggressive, and it's exactly what you should sort of be getting from these two. Yeah. They're, they're easily the best part. Them and DiBiase, them two are the best part of the group. But they're just, yeah, they haven't been utilized in the correct way for the best part of two months, really, at this point. But it was nice to see that. It was a really good start to show. Then we obviously got a bit. Got a bit of racism from Scott Hall, though. What did he say? I didn't catch that. He said, uh, he said oh, them two, I'll slap the coconut breath out of them. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit Larry Zabisco, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Well, he went in Rome, you know. <laughs> um, so night, then we, they, they sort of cut us to a oh, get us to a break and all this, and we'll come back and and it's sort of officially the show officially starts, as they say, and then Tony and Larry reflect what's happened. Nitro is back on the air, along with Larry Zbyszko. I'm Tony Schiavone, and and I didn't expect to start the program this way, but for our fans to keep you up to date on what happened, we were in the midst of a, what we call a previous match or a dark match that gets the crowd ready for Nitro. When all this happened, the Nasty Boys attacked members of High Voltage. They had a match against some of our Mexican superstars. And here comes these guys. We are not going to show you what the Outsiders did, but you can hear the sound right now of the chairs. Yeah, I think the sound is self-explanatory. Again, uh, Tony, you can't be upset about uh, what happened. These guys are thugs. They're paid by DiBiase. And uh, you're okay, so don't you know, relax about it. Don't be all upset. Yeah, I don't need to be pushed around. I'm not a wrestler. You're a, you're a wrestler. Yeah, but so why didn't you step in front for me? I mean, how long have we okay. been? How long have we been you're friends? Okay. You're okay, and I'm not Clint Eastwood. Well, I can only say this, and I'm going to apologize, everybody, because I've never done this before at all. But I don't need to be pushed around. I've got five children. I got a wife. I've got a great job. I tell you what, Big Mouth, why don't they you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead? If you can't step in front of me, why don't you handle the broadcast? Hey, I'm why don't not you try play by play? Don't get upset I know I don't need I don't need Nobody I don't need guys this. seven feet tall getting out here. I don't need guys seven feet tall either coming out here. Oh, where are you going? Oh, I'll just do it myself. Sure, leave it to Larry. Tony's fuming, fuming yeah. with Larry. Good. Yeah, it was, it was good. He's like, well, why the, why didn't you step up to him? You know, you, you, you wrestled for 20 odd years or whatever and all this. And, and so, and to be fair, Tony's just a normal guy and he's a broadcaster. So it's fair, it's fair yeah. enough that he would be, you know, quite scared. He's got family to look after and stuff. So he's got he, five he, fucking kids. No, no, no. And I will quote Arn Anderson when <laughs> Arn Anderson saw how many kids he had in. He said, Shivani, you've got enough coming you to shampoo a buffalo. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I do I do love that line. Well that's that's easily the best thing Shivani's done in the entire run. Yeah, how could you? He looked he looked serious, he looked angry, and it, and he generally looked like he you know he was concerned. So I re- I thought the first ten minutes or so was gripping telly. Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> really good. Didn't get, didn't get, didn't continue on that run though. <laughs> no, we get, we get the king of the Gattuso principle. 
Juventud Guerrero versus La Parker, aka the Jacket. Who who is La Parker? Any any ideas or? Well, La Parker is Spanish for the Jacket. <laughs> it's not so... like uh, it's not DDP in a mask, is it? <laughs> not, not, yet, like no. <laughs> not yet. Not <laughs> yet. I'm um, just used to sticking people in a mask. <laughs> he's he's like he's dressed as in like a kid's Halloween skeleton gimmick, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, like the black and, black background of the white sort of bones yeah. and stuff. And he has the he has the robe of like an intergalactic warlord. <laughs> he's like he's like fucking that Xenu guy thing fucking started. What, Lord Lord Helmet from Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Helmet. <laughs> so the Parker gets like funk rock mu- like fusion music. Which yeah. is a is a nice change for a luchador because they usually get mariachi fucking bullshit. So, so I'm like, do, 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 do. <laughs> like little guitar playing, no. <laughs> or fucking Gypsy Kings or Santana or something, <laughs> and not Ortiz, Carlos Santana. <laughs> uh, same can't be said for Hoovy's music. Let's just say that. That's, that's so here complete racist in it. Let's be honest. <laughs> so here he comes, the Luchacorn, the Mister Bean of Lucha Libre. He stands on the rope. Gold in the jacket. I'm waiting for some sort of flip and fall here because you know it's it's Hoovy. He's going to slip or something. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, dear. You? you never know what's coming. <laughs> you never know with him. And then the bell goes, and he swantons over Parker and rolls through with finesse. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he's so random, isn't he? <laughs> he fucking he, then he ducks around house from fucking old Jean Claude Jacketty. With his jacket on. <laughs> jacket on, jacket off. Oh, 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 did a twist there. <laughs> uh, and he counters with a back kick and chops. Then they sort of chop trade and and like kipping up as they're chopping. So one of them chops, the other one kips up, the other one chops, the other one kips up. Yeah. It was, it was a bit bit stagey. It was a bit, wasn't it? Then then old Tanay rocks up, thankfully, so we just don't get Larry That's on his That's what top. I was thinking. I was like, we're not having Larry for an hour here, are we, on his own? Because that would <laughs> be fucking dreadful. awful. I was like, that's the first time I've ever been really, really happy to see Mike today. <laughs> fucking Hoover hits a clothesline and Laparka does a spinner Rooney. <laughs> this match was a right mess. It wasn't it? I know. Was, I mean, there was a nice tilt of oil backbreaker for two. He does a sloppy springboard head scissors and Hoovy's outside. And there's a tope suicida. <laughs> it was so spotty, wasn't it? So I've got a revised take, actually, on, on the jacket and his outfit. He looks a bit like one of Skeletor's henchmen. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, <laughs> it's just shit. It's, it's piss poor. It was awful. It's not as bad as that C-Clobe, that C-Clobe or whatever he's called. That's I don't normally wrestle in this shit. I really don't. I don't There's either. like too much, too much gimmick on it, isn't there? There's like far too much stuff. It's too big! He <laughs> <laughs> uh, springboards and gets a Parker dropkick. I love that. I love that move. Just when the mid-air and you get a dropkick. Yeah, that's nice. Um, Hoovy crutches the jacket and springboard rounders for two and Asai moonsault for two, which is ironic because Asai himself is on in a bit. Yeah. Uh, another drop kick sends Hoovy out. Laparka with a top rope crossbody and a power bomb for two. Some modified surfboard and Hoovy escapes. A missile drop kick by Hoovy for two. Hard post into Parker and, a, and like turnbuckle smashes. Springboard Rana for two. Bocce spinning Rana for two. 
The Jacket Misses a Swanton, DDT by Hoovy, two. Yeah. Tornado DDT, DDT by Hoovy, two. Too many Mayfells on there. There's too many false yeah, finishes for me. The Parker blocks a Rana and hits a mad corkscrew sent on thing for free. It was it was spotty as fuck. There was about four thousand false finishes in nine fucking minutes. Yeah, uh, and it also got more stars than Hogan and Rock. <laughs> 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 I, wow. I, had, I had to. I had to have a look. Have how? Look. How? How can it? That's obscene. That's it. Cretinous Davy Meltzer, Uncle Dave. <laughs> That's obscene, isn't it? Really is. I mean, it was a right mess. Proper it messy. Was absolute. Turd. Did you not enjoy just, that one, Mark? Not particular. I thought it was wank. I really, I really <laughs> didn't get into it. You know that match last week you had with that fella, the, the the Cuban fella. Was he? What was his name? The Wolfman. The Cuban, the Cuban fella. The, the the Cuban bloke was he? Was he? Cuban, oh, before he said Cuban, uh, the yeah. Puerto Rican guy, uh, Miguel yeah. Perez Jr. Yeah, that was a great match. That was that yeah, was an example of what Hoovy can do. And then this is just, it just proves the principle right every week. He's so good one week, so fucking shit and crap shit to watch. The next it's just he's yeah. the he's the ultimate gatu, so it really is. I mean, like you said, it, it was just it was, it was one of them rares that, that this this would fit on a on a dynamite. AEW. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could stick this on yeah. a dynamite and it, it wouldn't look out of place. I mean, it just didn't work for me. Um, do you know what it, it, do you know what it's like with AEW? Right, they've they've watched nineties WCW like ninety five onwards yeah. and gone. Oh right, this is really cool and exciting. But they've not watched Ray, they've not watched Dean, they've not watched Benoit, they've not watched Eddie, they've just watched La Parker, Hoovy. <laughs> yeah, they've taken all the wrong bits out. They're taking all yeah the, the fucking shit ones. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't work for me. I mean, to be, I mean, you, you never know what you're going to get with bloody Hoovy. But I didn't have high hopes when I saw this like La Parker fellow with that outfit on. I thought, oh god, here we go. <laughs> The only the only thing of, of any sort of note that came out of the match was a bit of commentary from Mike Tanay. He said that there was there was there was whispers of of a Roddy Piper appearance tonight. So that was sort of the big storyline going forward in the night. Um, did you see that sort of? I know I know it was part of the the spot, but I swear Hoovy massively face planted when he went for that failed Frankensteiner. Yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, I know that, I know that was the spot they were going for, but he fucked it badly. <laughs> well, that's just Hoovy for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Then we get an Ultimo Dragon hype package, and yeah. he's got the J Crown, including the WWF Light Heavyweight Title. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. How the hell did he get that? I genuinely think Vince had forgotten about it. It was part of the J Crown like years and years and years ago. And I think uh... they just gen- and then when they realised and all the cruiserweight stuff was getting hype on WCW, that's when they started the light heavyweight division with like oh, yeah. Brian Christopher and Takamichinoku and Scott yeah. Taylor and people like that. Um again, Ultimo Dragon, racist music on the package. <laughs> yeah. Like Land of the Rising Sun. Like Rayvon Chow on Phoenix Nights, isn't it? Right, it brings a tear to my Jap's eye. <laughs> but then we do get the Ultimo Dragon with, of course, Sonny Ono. He's got to be with him. Japanese, yeah. obviously. He and does we get him against the nights, doesn't he? he? Fucking hell, he does. He, he does them round trips from... He, he'll, he'll be like, they fly him in from Japan, 13-hour flight. <laughs> right, we've got two Japanese wrestlers on tonight. Sonny, come on, you're doing double time. Get right? in, get in. You, you're doing five minutes on Nitro. 
Uh, and he's against uh, a favourite of ours, old Dino Malenko. Can't go wrong a bit, Dino, can you? No, you can't. I think I think Ultimo Dragon looks pretty mint. To be fair, no, he does. He's one of them Wait. that he, he's got a bit. He has got a mad outfit at times, but he actually looks decent. Yeah, so, I think eight belts is a bit excessive. <laughs> yeah, Do you remember when I, I think there was? I didn't watch it. But I've seen I've seen clips of when Kurt Angle won about ten title belts in TNA. And he had like <laughs> he had the cruise, he had like the X division, two tag belts, world title, and all this. And it's just like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> put, put, what's FTR? It's a shame that, doesn't it? I know, I know. <laughs> but we are, obviously we have seen Ultimo Dragon before. He had the, he had the match against Ray, uh, the incredibly racist Hogwild. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was a, um, that was a horrible match to watch, really, wasn't it? Uh, with, the, with the crowd, with the crowd. Anyway, wasn't wasn't the best, was it? Old no. Sailor Dino's back. He's not in his he's, he's not in his John Paul Gaultier outfit anymore. He's in his sparkly <laughs> leather again. I thought this could be decent. Yeah, could uh, we we get a Ray Ray Mysterio inset promo? Bit wooden. Uh, he puts <laughs> Dean over and he wants his belt back. Pretty much that was it. Yeah. What did you What do you reckon to this then? Um, I thought it was all right. To be fair, I, I thought I put in my notes this could be a belter. It wasn't quite. On that level, I don't think. No, because he had an absolutely piss poor horseshit finish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was getting there. I mean, it was it, you got a lot of you got a good, not nice stuff from them both. They're both like working limbs and stuff. It was there was there was a bit of quickness to it, but it was sort of nice. There was nice psychology from Ultimo Dragon. He was sort of he was going for his legs to sort of neutralize sort of his lower base, so he couldn't you know do some of his sort of you know like his clover leaf and stuff like that. He couldn't lock that in and. There was a few bits and pieces like that. It was quite good. Dean wasn't really getting much momentum in the match early on, which is strange because no. it's normally normally the other way around, isn't it? He's normally the one that dictates the tempo yeah. in a match, which is, I thought it was a nice change actually. Yeah, because um, it was sort of like, well, this guy I've not I've not worked with him before, so it, you know, it was one of them. I thought it was quite good. Some nice transitions and stuff like that. Neither man was able to sort of get, you know, the, the foothold or anything like that. And it sort of it just it all it, it all went it went outside for a little bit. Dean went into a guardrail. They all came back at it, and, and the cloverleaf was locked in. Then old Sonny Ono gets on the apron, and, and then sort of Dean goes for him, pushes him off, and then he lobs drag Ultimo Dragon over the top rope, and it's a DQ. I mean, it's this it's this top. Oh, if you throw somebody over the top rope, NWA rules, but it, it's so inconsistent. They don't enforce it often. The amount, of times we, the amount of times we've seen someone get lobbed over the top rope and we've like sarcastically gone, that's a DQ, that. And it's like, it's just like, they just use it when it suits. It There's no, there's no consistency. So it's like, when, when a finish like that happens, you're just like, what? Like, you, you don't know what's going on. It's such an, I just think it's a nonsense rule anyway. I, I don't really understand it. Um, it's, and... it, it was it was because like it's like the when Bill Watts came in it was I mean I've got I've got myriad issues with Bill Watts as a human being but <laughs> he came in and he was like take the mats up because we want to look like the tough guys on yeah. the floor if we go to the floor you can use the top rope top rope overs deep like a DQ but it's something you can, that the heels can use yeah. when the refs got the back turned so it's you know yeah. you know the breaking the rules it's like he wouldn't let anyone come off the top rope. Or anything like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, but it's just one of them, and it's just like if you're not going to do it every match and don't do it at all, it's just stupid, and it it sort of ruined what could have been a good match. 
I'd like to see a, I'd like to see a rematch down the line that has an actual finish. I think Ultimo Dragon's fucking mint, and like some of the stuff he was doing, working with a guy like Dean, it brought out his more technical side. Like some of the yeah. leg stuff he was doing, like the the arm work at the beginning. Yeah, it was it was a proper struggle. Like they were proper like going for each other. Yeah, it was it was brilliant, and it was just it just does some really nice stuff. Like the leg work was great, the kicks were nice. He does like a kick combo and a handspring elbow. But Dean sort of catches him, whips him into the into the buckle, and Lariat follows up with a lariat. There was really nice sort of they both try to do dragon suplexes and like there was like, like reversing it for each other's legs and everything. It was yeah, it, it, was, it didn't it, it didn't stuff. look stagey. No, it didn't. I think it's just it's just it's just frustrating really more than anything for me. Just watching it go, ah, could have easily given them a five minutes to have a good finish and then set yeah. up a match down the line. But it, it just a bit, it was a bit flat really after that, unfortunately for me anyway. The way I what I've put down here is the way it should have been was Dino and Ultimo should have got a, a proper finish and the nine minutes Hoovy and fucking the jacket got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you gave that what did they give this? Four or five minutes, if that? Yeah, about four minutes, yeah. And it's like, why are you giving nine minutes to fucking Hoovy? Debuting Ho- debuting guy, isn't he? I think with Hoover, Hoovy works better in a four to five minute match. Yeah. Yeah. Not when there's t- too much time and you expose him. So that's like, it's just like one of them where you should have flipped the switch and you, you probably would have got better matches out of it. But I think there was enough in there to know, right, we can go back to that later on in the line and it'll be a good match. So uh, hopefully yeah. we get to see that. That's um, also, I think, I think I it's all about Dragon versus Ray. Yeah, I heard Ray. that. I heard that, yeah. Which which could be fucking mint. Could be. Without the, the cunty crowd in the background. And it's psychosis for uh, Dean, isn't it? Mm. At the pay per view, which. Or oh, Brian May. <laughs> Brian May. <laughs> but we get uh, we get next, we get a bit of a, a couple of little recaps, recap of, of the Harlem Heat and Canadians last week. And it, show, it actually showed us what happened, which was nice because we didn't fucking see it. Pat Parker was showing in the middle of the ring and he, he, got a, he got a meaty right hand from Sherry. Big old pop for her, getting sherry chants and all sorts. So that's sort of it. Sort of fed into the mat, the next match a little bit because we get uh, the French Canadians and um, Parker and his sort of <laughs> foreign <laughs> legion gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I told you, he had he had a gimmick change, and I couldn't remember what it was. I thought it was going to come out in a fucking beret or something. <laughs> I thought it was going to come out like a mounty or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something daft like that. Um, That's Jack Rougeau's old gimmick. Gimmick infringement. Vince would be straight on the blower to McDivitt, yeah, wouldn't he? True. Parker gives it a little Viva La Canada as he's walking past. <laughs> Jesus, guys. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I can get on board with Parker as a comedy figure now. It just it just tickles me. I've seen him I've seen him as a serious wrestler. Yeah. And he is good. Him and, him and Jimmy Golden in Smokey Martin was great as a tag team. Right. And obviously, he's from that family, like the Fuller Welch's family, who sort of invented Southern wrestling kind of thing. But yeah. now he's obviously don't give a fuck. He's, he's, you know, he's just pissing about, and coming out of that just popped me like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was funny as fuck. It was quite funny to be fair, wasn't it? Let's be fair. It, it, do, it does look a right Burke, but it's yeah. not racist. Well, it's not no. as racist as the plantation. It's not, <laughs> it's not the fucking Colonel Sanders gimmick, is it? <laughs> At least. No. no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was quite funny. But they were coming up against American males, American males, American males. 
possibly my favourite tag team of all time. I've um, got, um, I've got, I've got written here. Mark is no doubt having a dance. <laughs> it's easily one of the best songs ever in wrestling. I'm sorry, it just is. <laughs> <laughs> so they come out, and we've had a little bit of dissension between them, haven't we, in the last few weeks? So I was actually a little bit surprised to see them having a match. Um, well, don't get too used to it, mate. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so they they come out, and they get a Bagwell's got an American flag. Oh, yeah, they're going full-on, full-on Duggan this week, aren't they? Yeah. hey <laughs> uh, They get the old USA chants. Led. Bagwell's leading them. You know, crowd's he lapping it up, is. as usual. That and well-known was... patriot, Marcus Bagwell. <laughs> Marcus Alexander Bagwell. I, I always, to be fair, I'm always impressed with Bagwell in these matches, to be fair. He always stands out compared to old he's Riggs. He's definitely the, the Michaels of, to Riggs' genetic, isn't he, at the moment? I'm not yeah. saying he's on that level, but, you know, he's definitely the standout. Oh yeah, you know he's got he's got um, unbelievable quickness for a sort of he's a well built guy, isn't he? And he's oh, he's fast as fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice drop kicks and things like that. Canadians need a little step out, they need a breather. One of the Canadians started doing some weird little thrusts at one point. I didn't know what that was all about. <laughs> that's oh, that's the Jacques, Jacques Rougeau. He was just showing off, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, just just doing kip ups and stuff, and yeah, it's funny <laughs> as fuck. Uh, Riggs did a five knuckle shuffle at one point before before John Cena made it famous. Yeah, <laughs> Bagwell and, and Riggs like collide in the ring, and there's like discontent, they're disagreeing, they're having a bit of argy bargy. Not sure uh, why Bagwell was in, but you know, no, no idea. It was like a there was a nice bit of double team from the old Canadian. They've actually got a nice bit of sort of tag team offense at times when yeah, you let them I quite win. like watching them. Um, they did like it was like a like a press slam. They press slammed one of, onto Riggs. It was, but it was like yeah. it was weird because Riggs' position didn't look right, so he sort of landed on his back, and it was it was a bit it was a little bit messy. I don't know if that was Riggs' yeah. fault though. To be fair, he probably is not the best. No, Riggs eventually gets a lukewarm tag to Bagwell. Little bit of a reaction, and Bagwell's cleaning house. Crowd's loving it. To be fair, really into Bagwell after a couple of minutes. Then Riggs gets involved again. He inadvertently causes a collision for Bagwell, and, and Bagwell gets covered. So that's sort of one one back in it. Uh, Bagwell sort of, in a way, cost him the match last the week before. This yeah. time, it's this time it's gone the other way. Um, it was actually a, the, the bit of cheating that they did at the end actually worked because the fucking ref wasn't looking. It was yeah. uh, obviously he's trying to get Riggs back out of the ring, and. Yeah. Um, Ule pulls Jack onto Bagwell and the ref, you know, counts for three. The way I see the, the amazing French Canadians, formerly the, the Quebecers, they're never they're never going to be main event. But they're good to they're have quite, there, aren't they? They're, they're quite fun to watch in a five-minute TV match, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's enough there, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah, it was a fun match, nice finish, and uh, continues the American male's inevitable breakup. It's quite sad, really. Get a bit upset. For you, for you, for you, it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, but you're going to get an even better tag team soon. You're going to get Bagwell and Scott Norton. <laughs> oh, no. Is that what happened? Vicious, vicious and delicious, the cold. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds even better. Vicious and delicious. Vicious and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame, but. Shame that I'll never hear that chip, that song again on this run through, but um, I'll always have it in my heart. <laughs> did 
did, did you notice, like, Larry, when he mentioned Hogan, he kept calling him Edward Hulk Hogan? Yeah, what was that all about? Do you know who Edward is? No. Uh, he used to he used to be, like, uh, an executive at United. Like Ed Woodward? <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> Uh, no, Ed Wood was like an American director. Uh, oh yeah, back, back in the day, and he was sort of known for doing really shit films, like shit B B movies. And Tim Burton actually made a film like about him called Ed Wood. Yeah, it's he's obviously got Johnny Depp in it, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually quite a good film. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never heard, of, I've never heard of it. To be fair, I've not so, really heard of him that often. So next we get Old Lord Woodentop versus Hugh Morris. Oh, dearie fucking me. Yeah. And another edition of Can Luger Rack This Fat Fuck? So, <laughs> yes, yes, he can. The answer is yes, he can. And all you need that's all you need to know. The match was fucking woeful. Another uh, loud roar for Luger, though. Yeah, but still. It's not, it's not the tyrant pop, though. N- not Sid level, is it? No. <laughs> what, but what was more intriguing was what happened after. So, what did you think of this match? Did you actually enjoy this? Did you take any pertinent notes? Because I fucking did not. The thing is, though, I, I don't mind. I, I don't hate Lex Luger at all. I hate Hugh Morris. I can tell you that for free. Oh yeah, um, he's a cunt. He's a cock end. So I didn't really want to watch it on that basis. I get what these matches are. They just sort of make. They're just rolling Lex on. He's got so much momentum at this point that. Why not capitalise on it and just have him beat, beat everyone? His his rack wasn't the best, but it wasn't as bad as when he did it against that like tugboat guy or whatever he was called. Uh, <laughs> Roadblock. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as that. Roadblock. <laughs> what was nice, though, in the middle of the match, we got an Arn Anderson inset. Yeah, I didn't catch all of it, though, did you? He says Luger attacked him with a vengeance and yeah. he almost broke him in half. But he hasn't broke his will. He's earned his nickname, aka the Enforcer. And you'll find out twenty third, I think it was, in Baltimore or something. Saturday show, uh, it? Yeah, it was it was quality as always. I mean it wasn't like top he tier, said, like blow the one bit I did hear that was that was banging, it was like he said, you know, on Saturday, if one of us takes each other out, we improve the odds in World War Three. So that, yeah, that he was, did. Yeah, that was good. That was a, if you know if one of them managed to take each other out, then they've got they've got a much better chance of winning that sort of big battle royale. So yeah, for, I, I, the only the only problem was I didn't hear a lot of it. I, 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 unless I they do drown the, the match. The noise from the ring drowns out these insects, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Next though, we do get a wooden top promo with old Mean Gene. With comments from the total package. All right, gentlemen, I think both of you are going to have to agree. Larry, and of course you, Mike, today. Very impressive effort on the part of the total package, Lex Luger. This man, Hugh Morris, who I have the utmost respect for, well over 300 pounds. And it's week after week after week, Lex Luger, you are on a tear. Well, you know, I may be on a tear. A little man I'm going my way for a change, but in World War III coming up, you're not one-on-one. There's 60 of the very best in the world representing WCW is going after one thing, and that's a shot at Hollywood, Hulk Hogan, and the NWO. That's right. Lex Luger, you've got to be the odds-on favorite to win this now from what I've seen in the past three or four weeks, and I sat home for a couple of months at home, and hey. I'm most impressed. Hey, oh, Gene! We wondered where he was 
is this? That's, that's not a golf club in his hand. Hey, and a baseball bat. is highly unusual. I, I would have to say, Mike O'Leary, look at this. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. What does this mean? You got me, brother. Sting definitely went off the deep end. We saw him last week attack Jeff Jarrett for no reason. Now he comes in and does this. What is the man thinking? Even I, as brilliant as I am psychologically, can't figure out Sting's mind. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. Lex, here's the man that that you know better than anybody in the... What, what do you make of this? Luger. He's not going to talk to me. He's not going to talk to me, ladies and gentlemen. All of this in advance of World War III next Sunday on pay-per-view. Monday night for the most explosive television program on the air. We're going to be right back. <laughs> his, his, his good promo streak ends at one. <laughs> oh, no. Fucking hell. He rabbits on about momentum or something. He sounds really slurry like he's had a few bevs and that. He probably has. <laughs> and he goes on about 60 men at World War III. And then Sting rocks up. Yeah. With with a baseball bat. They sort of face off. He taps him with the baseball bat and then he pushes him in his chest with it into the corner. And he just turns it round, hands it to Luger, and walks off. Gene's going, Oh, Lex, what's going on? And he just walks off and says nothing. It was a, it was interesting to the only to the point where it just adds another level of intrigue to the Sting thing. Yeah, it was. It was just more questions and answers, wasn't it? It was. I mean, it was good. I thought it was. I thought other than the the bit, you know, like you say, the wooden Luger promo, I thought it was a decent segment. The the Sting thing's still so intriguing to me. I have no idea where it goes from here, really, but I'm looking forward to it each and every week. That's the easily the best part of the show at the minute for me. At the moment, consistently it is, yeah. Yeah. And then, well, fuck me sideways with a ragman's trumpet that gets in spot on hour two. Absolutely <laughs> nailed on. <laughs> I know, so, yeah, straight back from the break, wasn't it? <laughs> I know, man. We've got Bischoff, Bobby and Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay's for the duration, double duty. Then we go for a little uh, recap of the Saturday night show. We have seen the footage from this past Monday on Nitro, Mr. Patrick. Mr. Sharp, and I think it's very obvious that once again, you disqualify someone who did not deserve being disqualified in World Championship Wrestling. First of all, Shivoni, how many times do we have to go over this? I am the legal counsel. You direct all questions to me. Is this too hard for you to understand? It's not hard for me to understand, but isn't it apparent what's going on here? Are you questioning 16 years of officiating expertise? I don't think so. I don't think I'm the only one questioning 16 years of officiating. As a matter of fact, let's bring in Teddy Long and the man in question here, Chris Jericho. Whoa, hold on here. Wait a minute now. Gentlemen, we're conducting an interview. Just settle down here. Teddy, go ahead. I've got one thing to say. Nitro after Nitro, you've cost this man every match that he's been in. Now I've got something to say to you, Mr. Sharp. Last week, you investigated my past. This week, 
I investigated your past. Isn't it true that your law firm is called Do We Cheat Em and How? Ha, ha, ha. I get it. Just the facts. Your daddy was a hockey goon, and you are simply a goon, Jericho. I do with my father. This is between you and me and nobody else. What are we doing here? Hey, let me say one thing right now. Let me let me clear the air. Nick Patrick, Nick Patrick, you know and everybody else knows that this young superstar could take one hand tied behind his back and beat you on any given day. Oh, we got a challenge here, I think. Wait, wait a minute. I can't believe what I just heard. Did you just make in front of six million people a verbal binding agreement that Jericho will challenge my client, Nick Patrick, with one arm tied behind his back. Is that, what you Is that it? We've got Tony, Nicky Patrick, his lawyer, do for sharp, Mark Sharp, whatever he's called, something yeah. sharp. Tony's que- Tony Schiavone's questioning the officiating. Teddy and Jezza come in, and Jezza is raring, like he looks like he's going to knock him out. Teddy yeah. says that he's cost him a lot of matches. He says to the lawyer, is your firm, do we cheat him and how? <laughs> he calls, he calls Jezza a goon like his dad. Said he says Jezza can beat him with one hand tied, tied behind his back. And that's what we're getting at World War Three. <laughs> I thought this Nick was the right Patrick awkward segment. <laughs> versus Jericho with his hand tied behind his back. Fucking hell. <laughs> I thought it was a bit awkward, this one. It you wasn't. Do. It wasn't as as good as the original one. The original one was fucking far better. Yeah, it was a little bit awkward at times. This didn't really seem to know where they were going at times of it. Um, no, but it wasn't too bad, I suppose. I mean, it furthers that. It's going to be interesting. So one of the funniest things that happened on the entire run through so far in a minute, though. So we yeah. get uh, we get Jericho versus fucking Johnny Grunge of Public Enemy, the fucking I'll- dick. How is this sack of shit so over? Oh, God knows. It's that fucking song in it. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> it's, uh, but Jericho's fucking mega over as well. Yeah, he, he actually gives it the, come on, baby, when he comes out with this one. <laughs> it's a really, really fucking odd match. It is an odd it match. It really was. Eric, Eric Bischoff says that Jericho's going to be in a New Japan soon, competing in Japan, so he must be doing, like, I don't know what he'll be doing, some sort of Super Juniors or something like that, or was it? Or Possibly. I know he was in J- Japan previously in the war promotion, Wrestle and Romance. <laughs> G- genuine, genuine. Yeah. <laughs> I just put in my notes like you just said, bit of a strange match. Just sort of yeah. out of nowhere, why is this Johnny Grunge fellow with a singles match? We haven't seen him as a tag team in a while, which oh, I was God. glad of, to be honest. Yeah, It did start yeah. all right, though. He, he, they lock up and, and Grunge actually fucking wrestles. Yeah, didn't last long. No, didn't last <laughs> long, no. Jezza gets a back kick and a slam for two. Old Nicky P comes out in fucking shades and a black shirt and two diamond earrings looking like a fucking cruise ship singer. Fucking hell. <laughs> he looked fucking hilarious. It looks like one of them knobheads when you go, do you know when you go out in Benidorm and you go to one of them English clubs and it's like club night? Oh, like proper knobhead. Yeah, proper. <laughs> it's like it should be on at fucking Dem Perry's fucking Banana Grove or something. <laughs> this year's talent trek. 
he's fucking he was he was woeful. He looked like what's that partridge guy, Tony Farino or something? That partridge <laughs> <Yeah>. character. <laughs> That's what he looked like. <laughs> oh, uh, so there's a back suplex by Grunge. Jericho misses a moonsault but lands on his feet, not showing off. <laughs> and he but then he eats a clothesline and he sold it really well, to be fair. There's yeah. a wheel kick and it sends Grunge out and uh, he gets a springboard drop kick on the apron. Grunge absolutely sees his ass and grabs a chair, but Jezza baseball slides and drops him on the apron. Grunge guillotines Jezza, sits him on the chair, no DQ, so it's a chair as well as tables that the public enemy can bring to the ring and get a fuck off for it. He can't he do close... a normal match, can he, this geezer? No, he clotheslines him off the fucking chair. There's a table in now. He puts Jericho on it. There's still no DQ. He's clearly fucking... <laughs> He's like, just DQ the fucker. Yeah. The intention's there to use it, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Goes up top with chair in hand, comes <laughs> off. He misses. Still no DQ. Jericho's up top. Grunge doesn't sell fuck all, gets straight back up. Missile drop kick for free. Yeah. It was decent, and then it just descended into bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Just the refing was piss poor as well. Yeah, it was. This is what I mean with the, the, the over-the-top rope thing. That's a DQ, but he's, he's bringing all sorts of weapons in and he's got every intention to use them. And it's like, come on. At least Jericho wins, I suppose. Beats up. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that nowadays with any happiness, but this sort of version of him is pretty good. <laughs> no, um, I get that, yeah. So we get, uh, we get Gene in again with Jericho this time. Take it, mean Gene. Erica, thank you very much. Chris Jericho, we just had a, a mystery guest here. I think you know who was standing behind us after the challenge that was made this past weekend. He is the very controversial WCW official, Nick Patrick, the man who you're going to meet at World War III. Yes, Teddy Long. Excuse me a minute, Gene. I don't mean to be rude, but I just want to say something to you, Chris. You know, this thing, this one arm tied behind your back match with Nick Patrick, it might be a little too much for you. I might have, you know what I mean, I might open my mouth one too many times. I just want to apologize. Teddy, hold on, hold on. There's no need for apologies, Teddy. You're a very intelligent man, and you've always had great ideas when it comes to wrestling. Now, your idea for me to face Nick Patrick with one arm tied behind my back is not a detriment, it's a favor, because that's the only way a coward like Patrick would get in the ring with me is with one arm tied behind my back. Watch out, Patrick, because we're going to get revenge on you. May stick that arm somewhere. I thank you very much, Chris Jericho, Teddy Long. He's like, oh, yeah, we're the mystery guest watching on. He's obviously on about Patrick. Teddy Long interrupts. He gets involved again. Teddy's getting a lot of screen time, isn't he, actually, at the moment? <laughs> he was like, oh, well, you know, I think this, this behind-the-back match might be a little bit too much for you. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. And Jericho's like, oh, you're an intelligent man with great ideas, Teddy, and all this. I thought that was a bit sarcastic, that. I thought, <laughs> it it didn't come across very sincere, did it? No. Uh, but he says that the idea for the match was brilliant because it was the only way you could get a, a coward like Nick Patrick in the ring with him, um, which I thought was a pretty good line. He, sa- he says he's going to get some revenge on Patrick. Decent bit of fire for him. You can tell he's getting a bit more used to the promos at this point. Yeah, he's getting a bit of confidence, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I thought it was all right. Everybody, and welcome back. WCW Monday Nitro Live right here on TNT. Mike today will be joining us in just a little bit. A lot going on here on Nitro. A lot of people wondering about Rowdy Roddy Piper, a rumor circulating on the Internet. I've heard it everywhere I've gone over the 
the uh, weekend that Piper was going to be here. Well, we have not seen any sign of Piper. We do know, however, that Hollywood Hogan is in the building. Sting, we know, is here. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, is here tonight. A lot of stuff going on as we get ready to get into World War III. So what does that mean? What is going on now? It means more NWO. We saw them out here. Are they going earlier. to the ring now? Well, they're going somewhere. Well, they're not scheduled now, are they? Not, a, not in any of my paperwork there, Nat. Not on nothing of mine either. Hollywood Hogan strutting his stuff along with... I'm Vincent getting out of here. Deep, deep, whoa, 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 whoa. See ya. Hey, hey. Heenan... Yo, 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 it's time for Hollywood, brother. And Mr. Bischoff, you being the foundation of the WCW, the NWO, courtesy of Hollywood, is here to set the family record straight. Tell everybody out there that I'm the biggest superstar and that I'm a bigger icon than the rowdy, red-headed Roddy Piper. But tell them. I think some of these people may disagree with that. I, mean, I said, tell them that I'm a bigger icon than Roddy Roddy Piper. All right, Hollywood. If if it makes you feel better, if that's what you want to hear, <laughs> you're you're a bigger icon than Roddy. Told you. Hey, now tell them that Roddy Roddy Piper is scared to death of Hollywood, and he wouldn't dare show his face around here. Tell them. I mean, not everybody would agree with that. Tell him that Roddy Piper is afraid of Hollywood. Okay, okay. If that's what you want to hear, Hollywood. If that's what it takes to get you off this now, side. Now, Bischoff. He's afraid. Tell him that if Hollywood stood on his bank account and Piper stood on his bank account, he'd look like a midget at a high noon standing next to me. Tell him that Hollywood is a hundred times richer than Piper. Whatever you want, Hollywood. You are a hundred times richer than Rowdy Roddy Piper. Whatever you want. Does it make you happy? That's what we wanted to hear. Can now we that everybody knows that Hollywood and the NWO is running the show, carry on. Thank you very much. Then we cut to Eric. And Bobby Heenan at the booth, they start talking Piper. They say he's not there yet, but Sting, Hogan, and Flair are. Mm. And then here comes fucking Hogan. DBOC, Vincent, and old Liz. Heenan just gets the fuck off. He's he's gone. He's like, and then they (laughs) do the. No, he don't look about. Then they do the comms gimmick. He says he's a bigger icon than Piper. He wants him to stroke his ego. He says that Piper's scared and he's richer than Piper. So Bischoff goes along with it. It was completely pointless. Or is it? You see, I mean, it's a lot better than these most recent appearances on Nitro. To be fair, do you know what I liked about the Hogan stuff this week? It was mercifully short. Yeah, I thought it was a bit better. It it seemed like it seemed like it actually furthered something in a way at times. Whereas the last few weeks, he's literally just sat there flexing his fucking muscles, and that's all he's done. Well, Bischoff shits in his pants and throws it over to Gene. Gene, please take it. Eric, it sounds to me like uh, they're putting the heat on you over there at the at the broadcast table. 
Diamond Dallas Page. We've just seen members of the NWO, the New World Order here. And last week on this very television program, I think they made you an offer that indeed you did refuse. You said they would be the eighth man at the New World Order. Now you can imagine how Larry Fortensky felt when he was chosen number eight. Whatever, Gene. Since Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came back to the WCW, wait a minute, the NWO, whatever, and they've been wreaking havoc everywhere, you'll notice, Gene, whenever anything went down, DDP was nowhere to be found. And there's a reason for that. I let them do their thing, and I do mine. And now they're cutting into my time again. Gentlemen, I think he has made it perfectly clear, and I don't want to be bounced around here by the New World Order. He has made it perfectly clear he's not going to go your direction. Yes, Dallas, am I, am I right on that? I didn't even hear what you said with all Hey, you get your wake-up call yet? You figure it out? Huh? You get it? Get what? You, you don't get it. I got. I didn't appreciate that comment thrown in my face about Bischoff last night, last week. That's one thing I get. <laughs> he doesn't get it. He really doesn't get it. He don't know. I know. Uh, what's the he problem? I don't understand why we just don't take him out quick, fast, in a hurry, like we do all the Hogan's friends. Punk him. That's what we need to do. Take it easy. Guys, guys, what? Wait a minute now. There's got to be. You don't know. You know. You know, you know this business, hey. Good for you. Good for you. I got a little quote from you. Stanley Kubrick, 2001 Space Odyssey. It's going to be something very beautiful happen tonight. Very beautiful. All right, the gentleman from the New World Order, Hall Nash, the giant, and of course, six. I'm a man who stands alone. That's where the South High Five comes from. I, I don't I don't know what uh, what he meant. Something is supposed to be happening tonight. That's a promise from the New World Order. And I still don't know the position of Diamond. Page the wanders DDP. out to join him. That's it. Page wanders out. Look, looks a fucking star apart yeah. from the bum bag. The bum bag can go for me. That was a 90s staple of the pro wrestling scene, wasn't it? A bum bag. It was. And Zubaz <laughs> and a fucking mullet. <laughs> paddy, paddy cap, <laughs> <laughs> paddy cap, backwards leather paddy cap. Yeah, um, Paige still refuses to be the eighth pick. The outsiders, Giant and Six, pop out for a chat. Don't yeah. know why Giant's with him. He's all of a sudden now like, yeah, why right. cool? Is he been relegated now to the uh, the second group? <laughs> yeah, because uh, Vir- Virgil shagged more women than him. <laughs> He's only on seven hundred thousand at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, Paige still don't get it. You just don't get yeah. it. <laughs> um, he didn't like the Bischoff comment about the nepotism. Apparently, the Giant says, "Let's just beat him up like we do with Hogan's mates," which I, I thought was quite funny. To be fair, <laughs> and then I think, and then I think go on. this whole like, "I didn't get it" thing. I, I don't know what that's all about. I don't really understand. No, no, it's, a bit, tra- it's a bit shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit. It doesn't really make what what don't we get? <laughs> no. It's like Meltzer when he says you just don't get it. Yeah. Don't tell you why. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, Nash, Nash quotes 2001 Space Odyssey, and then they go. It seems to me that Nash, get, with all due respect, Nash gets a lot of his shit from films. <laughs> yeah, he loves films. It does, to be I fair. I mean, to be we... fair, we get most of our shit from Partridge, but 
<laughs> or the office. <laughs> or the office or Phoenix Nights or you know, yeah, or Snatch maybe or fucking football factory today. But yeah, he seems to be a big film buff. Uh, yeah. Page Page says he stands alone and uh, that's so much kicking off later apparently. So mm. Mm. Yeah, a lot set up, isn't it, for later on in the evening. Um, yeah, I wonder what could be happening. Hmm. <laughs> and then we get uh, Bobby Eaton, another singles appearance for him against Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> against slack-jawed fuckwit Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Zach Jarrett straight into the wing as, as usual. What a prick. Bobby Eaton's mm. a much better wrestler and has a much better mullet. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> He's sort of Bobby tries to assert himself early on, but. Jarrett's just a little bit too slippery. He just gets through and he starts strutting again. He loves, oh, man. He, he loves that strut. Um, he is in love with that strut. Tommy drop. Right hand sends Bobby outside. Bobby pulls Bobby pulls Jeff outside. They have a bit of a brawl near the guardrail. After that, it was a suplex in a figure four. That was it, really. <laughs> Flair came out in the absolute... Jumper that your grandma gets you, gets you for Christmas. Yeah, atrocious <laughs> granddad jumper. Yeah, got that one. And a um, swing. Yeah, uh, so but he gets submitted to the figure four, and and Flair's loving it as well. Jeans are back again. Fuck me, he's been busy tonight. Uh, I just feel bad that Eaton's just getting used in two minute squashes now. I suppose that's just all he's sort of seen to him. Them isn't he? He's never going to be anything other than that. I suppose. Um, it's a shame. I think he's there till the end, though. To be fair, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100 certain, but you'd want him around, wouldn't you? But you'd think he'd want a bit better for himself. But we'll have to see. Regular um, payday, and he's not taking as many bumps as he used to. I guess he's probably in his 40s there. Yeah, I suppose that's true. What a Monday night it is here on Nitro on TNT. Rick Flair making a grand appearance at your side. Jeff Jarrett, as you prepare for this Sunday night in World War III, you know, you've got the big one coming up with the big bang. You never got the choke slam from him, though, at Halloween Havoc. That's exactly right, Gene, and it's good to see you back, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody putting their personal differences aside, and what I said for the last three weeks is we've got to unite. You've got the 13-time World Heavyweight Champion. I'm talking about... The man, Ric Flair, standing right here. And you've got the man who says what he's going to do, and he goes out and does it. Let's refresh some memories if I can interrupt here, Jeff, and take a look. I want you to explain to me, last week on this television program, take a look at this. This was the biggest shock I've ever seen in my life. The four horsemen had their differences put aside, and the clowns got to walk down the ringside. Oh, reverse DDT. I could not believe that. Is there dissension in WCW? Is there dissension amongst the horsemen? Gene Oakland, mean Gene, I'm not here out here to talk about dissension. I'm out here to talking about two guys uniting. I'm out here to talk about WCW pulling it together. I'm talking about WCW going to war. John, I've chopped you down to size before when I did it in Havoc. And if I got to do it next Sunday, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Right, Nate? Mean Gene! Welcome back, nature boy. At this particular point in time, the nature boy is telling the world 
Jarrett is good to go. What are you? This how are they hanging? Brother, Dr. Jim fixed me up. I'm coming back down that road soon. But in the meantime, Double J, can you style a profile? Oh, yes, sir. You know I can, Rick. Like can you walk that out? Oh, walk it and talk it. Can you dance all night? That's a little longer. Just give me a shot, Rick. Just give me a shot. Can you stay all night? Stay a little longer. Oh, try me off for that. Here well, we go. Double A, Steve Michael, and Chris Benoit. Listen to the lead horseman, Jeff Jarrettson, because the nature boy says so. Woo! What about how sweet it is, Jim? Thank you very much. Just a minute, Doc. One more time for Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Let's see it. Oh, my. They're going to be shaking up the saloons tonight. Gene's there with Jeff and Flair. He's asking about mm. Jeff's preparations for his match with the Giant. He says the Unite thing. and It's the same promo he's done for the last two Same shit, months. yeah. Old um, Flipknots can't fucking deviate, can he? No. They show the, the clip of, of Sting Sting's attack on him last week, which was great, to be fair. Um, it was. And he's, he's, but he, he's, I'm not here to talk about dissension. I just want to talk about uniting. <laughs> That's his favourite thing. Um, it's just fools, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and, and so I, I didn't really follow what Flair was saying. He sort of did his usual shtick. Sh- he... he added the stardust to it. I mean, he endorses Jarrett. Sting looks on from the rafters. Sting must be um, thinking, says, what are these two prats going on about? <laughs> Flair says Jarrett's a horseman, so he doesn't care what the other three say. He's yeah. he's the head horseman, so... And after that, so Jarrett, think, Jarrett's an official horseman in his history, then? I don't, I don't fucking know, because he's only supposed to be four, not five, so I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, it's Jarrett. Jarrett, Jarrett when, I, when he first did that promo, I thought it was good. I thought it was like, Oh, this is good. This is sort same of... shit, though, isn't it? But he's done it like four weeks in a row, and it's just like, all right, I get you now. I know it's not really working, is it? Then we get um... <laughs> a match that I don't think anyone wanted to see, to be brutally honest. Nope. Uh, so we get Big Bubba Rogers with Jimmy Hart, as usual, with against Jim Powers, who's no longer flanked by Teddy. Is that is that association finished now, then? I have no idea, but here's the Daniel Garcia. That fucker is on every week. Every week, <laughs> dog shit. Complete filler. Yeah, three minute squash. Complete filler. Bubba controls most of it until Powers come back, comes back like it's the fucking eighties. Turnbuckle smashing a knee lift until the Bubba slam for free. Yeah, literally it. Bischoff says Piper still hasn't signed on the dotted line against Hogan. Tense, intense negotiations. He said. Well, exactly. It's about as tense as my fucking ass cheeks are now. <laughs> Then we get something that could possibly be the best TV match we've had so far because they're not fucked, even though I love that match where they were selling like the injuries. Yeah. This is this is two hundred percent Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. I still I still hate that fucking drive time music. I hate it even more now, that fucking Clarkson bullshit. I think it's all right, Benoit, to be fair. Can't stand it. Eddie's back with Pyro, all fired up. Looks it's great. Gonna be, yeah, he looks fucking great. It's going to be totally different to the last match. It starts yeah. stiff and fast as fuck. 8.7 yeah. by Benoit on the steamboat. Love that. 
Woo. Absolutely love that. First yeah. arm drag of the night, first and only arm drag of the night. <laughs> <laughs> a great pace early on, wasn't it? Like you just said, that such an amazing early pace they set. They sort of never really... Well, they did at times, but they didn't really let up that much. Eddie's tilt, Eddie's tilt the world backbreaker is absolutely sublime. Oh, it, it really is. is. Shits on crushes. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a great match. Really it good was. match. Monkey flip and Eddie lands on his feet, and yeah. he runs into. He runs straight into a vicious crossface. Yeah, got the arm and he straight into it, but he managed to sort yeah. of get away to the ropes. Um, Gets the ropes. Yeah. Then we get a Sullivan inset. Yeah. Now here we go again. Kevin Sullivan. Decent. Great... <laughs> yeah. He said um feel lesson of Kevin Sullivan. because uh, Arm broke their agreement and yeah. that broke the horseman in the dungeon. Yeah. He nearly broke his neck at Bash of the Beach when he came off the top rope on the on the table. Yeah. He says, You're no horseman. And you know Kevin Sullivan, and you can tell her that as well. That was he great. Be. Yeah, it was really great. good. He's a good talker. I mean, he's really, he's really, he's gotten really serious the last few weeks, and he's done some, some really cracking promos. To be fair to him, um, yeah. So we're back to the match. I guess are Very they good. having a match at World War Three or not? Is that just some of they're still bubbling po- or po- possibly? I've not. I, I can't remember the full card. We'll, we'll go through it in a bit uh, when we when we finish this up. We'll go through the card and see what we've got to look forward to. Yeah, but it, go back to the match and we've got chops and uppercuts. It's a back elbow with a high low, high low by Eddie for two. Yeah. Uh, it's a great buckle bump by Eddie and a back suplex by Benoit. And then it was Benoit like a works bump, the arm. It? Yeah, it was really yeah. well taken. Uh, Benoit works the arm viciously. It's a headlock and he bars the arm with his legs. So he's got his head and his legs. He's, uh, and his arm, sorry. It was fucking superb. So he's completely grounding the high flyer. Yeah. So there was a Northern Lights suplex with a hammerlocked arm. It was absolutely filthy. Yeah, it was dirty, that one. It really, really nice. Then he Kamara's the arm, double wrist lock. Yeah. Uh, and just ties him up proper Calgary style, like Stuart Dungeon style. <laughs> yeah, it was that proper track. He was grounding Eddie as fuck, wasn't it? It was such a nice yeah. story. Really good story to it. The speed on them both was just obscene. Yeah. Went to, went to a break after sort of like an Eddie Hope spot, didn't it? And then. Yeah. But we come back and Benoit's sort of continued his domination in a way I just I just think it was like that there was a big there was a big massive super collect by Benoit both men went down and sort of because obviously both it sold takes, it yeah because it took a bit of time obviously Benoit didn't get managed to get quick cover so it was a two otherwise it probably would have been the finish wouldn't it well in sort of storyline yeah. basis Eddie counters into sort of like a hurricane runner through the ropes and they're just sort of teeing off outside and woman gets involved, she steps in between them and and that sort of signals sort of gets the sort of coming towards the end at this point. Eddie Eddie hits a really nice back suplex, goes up top, tries to sort of hit his he tried, I don't know if he was going for the frog splash or not, but he sort of I think he was, but he rolled through, doesn't it? Didn't he? Yeah. That's amazing. I always think that's such a cool looking spot when you can roll through. And then he, he, he Eddie, Eddie sort of goes for a roll through again with a Frank, you know, the sort of it was almost like the Ray Mysterio thing where you get Frankenstein and hook a leg, hook that, yeah, yeah. But then Benoit counted it into a sort of into a into a roll some up sort of sunset flipish kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was like sunset flip cover 
and he managed to get a win. Really good finish and a good match. match. Really, really, really good match. I think it's the best TV match we've seen. I can't think of anything that would... I can't think of much. I mean, maybe a Ray or Matt, Ray, a Dean match or something like that, but I can't, I can't think of it off the top of my head. So you, you, no. you're probably not far wrong, yeah. It was really good. And just more fuel to that fire. This is a match you could stick on at any point and they're going to get mint quality out of it, aren't they? 100%. Yeah, 100%. just instant chemistry. And then we... So that was sort of the main event match. We come back from the break and we've got the sort of main event segment, whatever you want to call it. Bischoff's in the ring. All right, thank you. Thank you. Welcome back across the country. And I want to say something, not only the fans watching at home, but everybody here in the arena. First of all, thank you for coming out. I'm glad you joined us tonight. But I want to apologize for what Hulk Hogan made me do earlier here. And I want everybody to know that we're going to do everything in our power at WCW to try to get Roddy Piper to sign for the match to take on Hulk Hogan. We know you want to see it. The mail, email, faxes I've been getting in my office, everybody at WCW knows we're going to try and continue to reach his attorneys, his agents, his managers. We've been trying and it's been tough, but we will, despite anything that... any. It's nice to be back. You know what? I have come here to tell some truth. I have never heard so many lies in my entire life other than when I was saying them. I want to tell you something first. It's my honor to be back here because, you know, I got six kids. My first child was born in Charlotte, North Carolina in the Presbyterian Hospital. I told you with Hogan, while I was taking on all comers in a garage, he was playing in Tootsie's Bar and Grill. You know that highway that goes from Charlotte to Columbia? While they were building it, I was driving it, being chased by the cops. I am king of the frat house. And I'm just a little peeled. I understand somebody's calling me a coward. Saying that I'm afraid. You know, there's a guy. His name is LL Cool J. He's a rapping kind of guy. He wrote a song that said, You slapped Roddy Piper and you didn't get a hassle. You're a liar. I come here to talk about jerks and liars. <laughs> First of all, how you doing? Having a nice time? I'm sorry? I've had better. You've had better? <laughs> Such a great guy. <laughs> so you, you flew all the way to Portland to get this fight. You talked to my managers to get this fight. <laughs> What'd you fly? First class coach, how'd you fly? First class coach, what was it? First class coach, how'd you fly? Uh, what airline? What airline? I don't... Oh, I'd be darned. 
<laughs> and you come on up to my ranch. When you come up to my ranch, tell me, is the road crooked or is the road straight? Tell me, is the road crooked? I don't remember. I don't remember. Tell me something. Now, now that everybody realizes who everybody's working for, I mean, my God, this guy here was the foundation of the WCW. Now, he works for the NWO. I'll tell you what, stand him up, but watch him. Watch him real close. Hey, you know something, Piper? You're a loser fighting a losing battle. You have never been anything in the wrestling business. And until you wrestled me, Piper, nobody even knew your name. Now, Rowdy Roddy Piper is such a coward, he won't even sign a contract to wrestle me. And since you won't get in the ring with me, Piper, you will never be anything, my man. I think it's time to teach you a little respect, Piper. Are we on? Are we on today? I think, I don't even know if we're on the air or not. Did you see what I saw? Is that... I still don't believe it. I, I do not believe it. I'm going to go it's throw association. Up. I'm going to go throw it's, it's, up. I, I just don't believe it. I just can't believe what I've seen. I can't either. We got to go. We got to go. We'll see everybody next Monday. Sickening. This is sickening. Absolutely. <laughs> Virginia, I'll have a contract in my teeth. No surrender, no retreat. He's got his little glum face on. He's like, I want to apologize for what Hogan made me do earlier tonight. And he's like, I'm going to do everything I can to get Roddy Piper in the ring with Hogan at, at, in, in the next few months at Starcade or whatever it is. Um, and then... Piper's music plays, and by some distance, it's the Tarrant Pop. Absolute 100%. monster. Monster of a Absolute pop. Absolute monster pop. Crowd ravenous. And, and I think what he does next, Piper was superb. He's here yeah. to tell the truth. He said he's, he's never heard as many lies as he has tonight unless they were coming out of his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> Which great. I thought was funny. <laughs> he does his proper Piper stuff, and the crowd are absolutely fucking buzzing. He's pissed off he's being called a coward. He calls Bischoff a liar. And to be fair, Bischoff looks guilty as fuck. Yeah. He looks like he's shitting himself and he Bischoff. And he, and he does sell it quite well, to be fair, Bischoff. He does. Piper's just mint here. He absolutely yeah. tears Bischoff, Bischoff apart. He yeah. grips Bischoff and the NWO running. 
and the giant grips Piper, then the rest of him grip him. He's, say, he's saying him. um Piper was saying like he was he made insinuations at first that Eric never even made it to LA for these meetings. Yeah. And he's saying that you know he's like um what flight did you take? You know, uh, what does the road look like reading going to my house and all this? And, and he's like, yeah, it, was he's just, it was just building up. It was really good. Uh, and like you said, the NWO come in and sort of grab him. But Hogan doesn't because Hogan, and I, I'll give Hogan credit here. It was a nice bit of heel psychology. Hogan waits until he's been neutralised and yeah. then comes in. That's good. That is good, to be fair. He lets his cronies do the work and then he, sort of, and yeah. then he steps in. What did you think of the reveal to the sort of to the Eric thing because I think they maybe could have let it set, let it settle for a week or two possibly but it's all about ratings and money it was a bit hot shotty so it's like yeah. I think Bischoff and Hogan hug yeah the crowd are fucking hot hot as hell yeah. to be fair I mean but, you can't you can't argue with the reaction can you to be fair no Hogan even starts well now everybody realizes who everyone's working for yeah Piper's fighting out like fucking mad. It was it was really good. It completely yeah. denigrates Piper. It's all bollocks, of course, but you know yeah. it's a great heel promo. I think he did a great heel promo, Hogan. Yeah. He takes off his belt. Policemen start restraining Piper. There's like four or five policemen come in. It had NWO. like uh, it had like Austin and Tyson vibes, didn't it? The way that it was like a little bit, apart. yeah. Not as good, but obviously, he, but but like six months previous or four months yeah. previous, where the NWO just leave. And there's yeah. an absolutely huge Roddy chance. Yeah. Comms are disgusted. They don't know what to say. And then uh, as we sort of start going off the air, Piper Piper gets the mic again. He wants a fight. No surrender, no retreat. Yeah. Calls him Baldy and does the signal to kiss his ass. <laughs> I thought it was a great segment. To be I, thought, I thought the whole episode was really good, to be fair. Yeah, this was the best episode we've had in ages. It was brilliant. Great start to it, a couple of good matches, and a really good yeah. go home to the to the to the sort of the big storyline at the minute. I, I, say, I, I say go home; it's not really, but a nice no, development. It's the, to the go home to the signing. They're doing a signing at World War Three, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the way I look at it, I know the match is going to be shit between yeah. them. I know Bischoff in the long term turning is shit. Yeah, but the the initial angle was fucking great. Yeah, it worked. It worked really well. That is um, the best segment featuring Hulk Hogan since the Bash at the Beach. <laughs> yeah, but it was just it was simple though, wasn't it? Because it it wasn't just him yeah. ass licking himself. It was like they were actually they were they were making money. Do you know what I mean? They were they were they were building it. They were building this yeah, matchup. Yeah. The the intrigue for it would have been would have gone up tenfold after that segment. It was. 100%. Good promo from Piper. Amazing. Like, that was like him back to his best, wasn't it? Oh, um, yeah. Absolute classic. Yeah. And like that sort of vitriolic sort of look and the voice, the, the yeah, like, sarcasm. The, and Yeah, it was great. And then, yeah. yeah, like you said, Hogan did a good, did a good heel promo and he, he, he acted like a fucking heel champion. Should up. It's just um, interesting to see how they sort of, go forward with this Bischoff thing, because you can see that getting old quick. But it worked in the night. I thought it was a really good show, good end to a pretty pretty decent show, to be fair, yeah. But this is what it seems to be like a lot of the time. The initial angles are really good. They're yeah. always like hot, and then it just, they don't know where to go from it. Or yeah. Hogan nick, nixes everything that they suggest or whatever. But all in all, like you said, I thought it's a really good episode. It's the best one we've seen in a while. Yeah. 
And the NWO stuff is started. You got you started to go. Oh fucking hell! It's yeah. it's getting serious again now. It's not them dicking around in a hotel room with fucking creativity yeah, and fucking trying to be fucking comedians and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was dreadful. So match of the night, I think by some distance, is a pretty obvious one. Yeah, it's it's obviously Big Bubba versus uh... <laughs> <laughs> Big. No, it's obviously Benoit and Guerrero by you know an absolute country mile. Country Great match. mile. Uh, my MVP by a country mile is Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, pop of the night, best promo of the night, serious. Yeah, he was yeah. he was fucking mega. That pop was electric. So. I think for this week, the Hogan Award, the Disco Duggan Hart slash Hogan Award, I think he's broken his streak. I don't think yeah. Hogan can be it this week. No, because he didn't do much wrong, really. He had a decent nope. little mid, very short bit with Eric in the middle of the show, and then he had a good yeah. end to the show. Um, That's what I mean. Keep him to a minimum on the mic, and he's not bad. Yeah. Uh, dick of, my dick of the day, Johnny Grunge. Yeah. That's easy, that one, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> he's a twat. Every time, got to get the tables involved. Got to get the weapons involved. He's an absolute shit house. I hate him. Uh, yeah, and he's dead now. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Barnet of the night is is a, is one that's uh, it just looked a bit more prominent tonight. So I'm going to go for Eric Bischoff's dyed feathered Kendall mullet. Just for men died. Yeah. Absolutely. You could easily put Mid- him on the box, couldn't black. you? Yeah, midnight black. That's what that is. you can tell you like what what colour do you go for, Eric? Oh, I'm a I'm a midnight black. Do you not um, <laughs> you got like a do you got like a awesome brown? No, no, midnight black for me. Yeah, to be fair, it was very prominent because he was he was on like he was on like the, the main cam money, like big yeah. spotlight on him. So he did without like a headset covering it, so you noticed it more. Yeah. You can see it all feathering out at the back proper, like it looked like Awful. it could be do you know it looks like it could be on one of them like mid nineties American soap operas like the bold and the beautiful and you're like <laughs> Days of really... Our Lives. Yeah, days of with <laughs> Dr. Drake Ramore. <laughs> yeah, just for men, Ramore. Well, oh, yeah. no, he'd have like a proper shit name, like like Chance Chance Striker or something like that. Like a proper cheesy knobhead name, <laughs> Chance Striker. <laughs> that should have been his gimmick. <laughs> not, not not Matt Striker, but. <laughs> He's a the wrestling enough. teacher. <laughs> he, he, he oversells more than any fucker I've ever seen, Matt Striker. Jesus. <laughs> right, so yeah, it's all in all, it was a pretty good fucking episode. We've had our Hall of Fame tonight. It's been it's been a we me and Marcus sat here in tuxes. Obviously you can't see us, but we are hundred percent. We've gone we've got Infantino style, we've still got white trainers on. <laughs> we're not going for a dinner with dinner with Salt Bay though. <laughs> Salt Bay, no. Did you see? Uh, speak, speaking of Infantino, this is completely off the fucking topic of wrestling. Did you see him taking a picture with uh, a selfie with Pele's open casket? <laughs> what, what the fuck? The man, the man is the man is one of the most horrendous human beings I have ever seen in my life. You seen that thing before the World Cup when he was like, "Today I feel." Gay. Gay. Yeah. <laughs> Today, Today I, I feel, feel disabled. <laughs> say I feel Arabic. Today I feel fucking whatever French. Today it's like, I put the no, World Cup in a horrible country. <laughs> yeah, it's just no, 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 Gianni. You're just fucking Humpty Dumpty. That is what you are. 
you big egg-headed fuck. <laughs> Can't stand the cunt. He's a dick. He really is. He's a massive dick. So, another one in the bag. It's the yep. go-home show to World War Three, And I think even though the... Um, even though the, the Hogan Piper match isn't for another month, I still thought it was probably the best go home show they've done. Yeah. By, by, but, they're normally not that great, though. No, and the ones after aren't that great either. So we'll see what happens on the 25th. But <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I, I have now renewed confidence in this going forward until Starcade, obviously, because we know we get Hogan versus Piper. Yeah. But. I was, I yeah, I was, I really enjoyed watching this. That Eddie Eddie Benoit match was superb. Yeah. The angle was superb at the end, and even the angle at the beginning was great at, at the beginning. So, yeah, yeah, another one in the books, and we are marching on steadily till World War Three and the end of nineteen ninety six. Obviously, we've still got another month in timeline yeah. before we get there, but we do have a nice little uh, little surprise for you, and we do get to the end of nineteen ninety six. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's marking his uh, it's marking his a picture of marking his stalker Tash and Gimp mask, <laughs> aka the executioner. <laughs> it's not, it's not. I'm joking. I won't put anyone through that. I have to see it on a nightly basis. You think? <laughs> Comes in. Hey, do you want a mustache ride? <laughs> cut that. <laughs> yeah, I've got that. Can't, can't, can't peek behind the curtain too much. Um, so, next episode will be World War Three, nineteen 1996, and you will see two men wonder how the fuck they can cover a 60-man three-ring battle royal <laughs> in a review format. We'll, so, we'll see. Uh, it, could, <laughs> it, it could be absolutely good too, so this. <laughs> could be. It could be more than likely will be, <laughs> it, but it'll be it'll give us good practice for the for the less mental WWF Royal Rumble. That'll be like line. a walk in the park, that won't it? After oh, that. yeah, that'll be like yeah, that'll be like a like a you know a, a bit of brunch on a picnic <laughs> brunch. Sat there just just moseying nice and easily through it. Anyway, as always, if you would like to interact with us on Twitter, it's at Adjective Pod. Don't forget we. Appreciate every download. And speaking of which, I'd just like to say, from me, the big mang, and from him, the medium-sized mang, thank you for getting us to 500-plus downloads now. We set out a goal for the first six months to try to get to 500 downloads. You know, nice. I think that was an achievable achievable target, nice and steady. And we've done that with just over a month to spare. So me and him are buzzing our tits off. And we just want to say thank you to everybody who's downloaded. It's been emotional. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's it's nice achievement to reach, isn't it? I know it's, it do, it doesn't sound like much, but it you know just is it's a nice achievement to reach. We're really pl- proud of it, and thanks everyone for that. It's much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, it's weird being serious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so, speaking, let's get off this serious topic for a minute because, uh, yeah, it make, it's making me feel a bit queasy. It was like that time I stuck up for Omega. <laughs> <laughs> that one, one and only time. So, like we said, if you want to interact with us uh, on Twitter, it's at Adjective Pod. You know, 
like like anything we tweet. We haven't been that active recently, and we need to we need to make sure we're a bit more active. I think um, I'm not the most social media savvy of people, and I kind of forget it's there half the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to like or retweet or comment or ask us any questions, you know, DM us whatever you want to do. Don't forget, we are always willing and welcoming for that. Even if it's not about wrestling, if you want to ask us some random bullshit questions, go for it. We we enjoy that kind of stuff, aka the BGS format that we go for. <laughs> if you if you'd be so kind to subscribe to us, give us a super kick on that subscribe button on Spotify. Do not slap your thigh when we do it. We know if you're going to slap your thigh, it tells us. Don't be doing that shit. But um, yeah, if you want to give us a Davy Meltzer five star on Spotify as well, that would be much us appreciative. <laughs> I don't know why I end up saying much else. I sound like a right cunt. <laughs> but it, would, it would be appreciated if you give us an old Davey Meltzer on Spotify. We, we, we do we do like a, a nice five star. You know, anything above four, Mark? You know, Bonus. Bonus, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> so we will love you and leave you for this week, I think. Is there any further business? No, nothing else to report. Until next time, at the World War Three. The metaphorical World War Three, not the actual one that Russia and you know try to do at the moment. <laughs> I will say those infamous two words: Rey Mysterio. Mysterio. The preceding podcast gimmick that was paid for by Look at the Adjective. Don't give me a live mic. It's like fucking Hogan. I just waffle. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny.